You're listening to Magrito Podcast Network, celebrating the culture of Chicanos and Latinos one story and voice at a time. Connect on social, on Instagram and Facebook at Magrito. Find all the Magrito Podcast Network shows over at magrito.net. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Emo Brown Podcast brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper for all your medicinal recreational cannabis needs. You know what to do, but remind them, Caesar. GHBuds.com, and with that Emo Brown social club card, 15% off, but if it don't clack, you know that shit's whack. We are in for a special one today, man. We are. You often hear about people do cool shit, and oh man, how did you get to do that? We get to talk to one of the main dudes today. Yeah. Just met Mr. Wayne, but I have a feeling I'm going to be asking him a lot of questions. I'm going to learn a lot of things about him. Ladies and gentlemen, Wayne Portella. Wow. I always, I always bring in top tier white people, man. <laughs> you only bring in white people. What's, going, what's, your, what's your fucking agenda, Caesar? All you do is bring white people. It's either you're probably trying to get a job or get a, a line of credit or get, increase your credit second. score. I don't know what's going on. Got to love that cosign. <laughs> <laughs> Just by knowing him, your credit score got bumped like 30 points. I <laughs> alert this morning. My dude's, name, my dude's name is Wayne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, 720. No problem. <laughs> Wayne Patel, welcome, brother. What's up, guys? How are you? It's a pleasure to have you in here, man. Yeah, your reputation great precedes you. Oh, I know, scary. I feel like I know a lot about you and I've never met you. Yeah. I hear the name when I first saw you. I was like, I can't, I, I would never put that name to this person. <laughs> it's awesome yeah. to see you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, my man. Yeah. So been here in San Diego now, uh, eight plus years. Nice. I got here eight something years ago. Um, married two daughters. Uh, we love San Diego. Uh, got here via Miami, Fort Lauderdale for a few years. And then, uh, originally from Boston. So nice. yeah, grew up in Boston. Like there it is. Say it again. Yeah. Boston. Boston. <laughs> going up the cop. I'm excited. I'm going back this week. I'm going back. Pour, pour him a little bit of whiskey. Let's see how much it comes out. Actually funny. I was just telling this when, so when I was on the radio, so, so I started in Boston, went to the police Academy, came home, DJing, doing that thing get hired radio station. And then I was like behind the scenes. And then I went on the air and because I, I hosted all the live events. So I was like bunch of stations. Anytime there was a live event, I would be the guy getting the crowd hyped up and like, you know, DJ and whatever. And so what happened, we had a rock station and one day they were all live in Jamaica um, the radio station. And so they just, we just got a new afternoon guy. They sent him to Jamaica to hedonism with red stripe. And so I had done like all this beer promo stuff and, uh, the beer guys call and they're like, Hey, the clients, you know, they call the radio station. Like, Hey, this guy's really nice, but he's not fun. Like <laughs> kind of goes to bed every night. Like there's no wacky stories of, and they're like, we got a solution. And they came to my office. They're like, Hey, what do you got the rest of the week? I'm like, I don't know. I got this. They're like, yeah, you're flying to Jamaica tomorrow. Jeez. So what happened was I went to hedonism and I like, whatever had to do what I had to do to make a party. We did that. But <laughs> what happened was I ended up going on this like syndicate. And so you said, pour him some whiskey. And that yeah. just reminded me, like I got, to, I, they flew me to Dublin with Jameson for St. Patrick's day, like <laughs> down there, like crazy. And I'm like, just there and by myself with like all these other radio people. And, uh, yeah, so I can do the whiskey thing, but like- Say less. All right, right man. Let's go. Go. You just made Steve's day right Shit, there. Morning, let's go. I don't know if you, you, you drink with Mexicans, but uh, we drink bucanitas around these parts. Hey, man. 
I'm, Look I'm, at you. The, I like how you have reflexes when it comes to alcohol bottles. Oh, man. I got all the best reflexes. I actually been to a, a Dublin a few days before. Oh, really? Before St. Paddy's Day. No, my is, bro. It's bananas out there. And this was just like the precursor. It was like a couple yeah. of days before. Yeah. There was rugby tournaments going on. Yeah. Super nice people. Everything Amazing. is awesome. Yeah, and they don't, they, they don't celebrate it the way we celebrate it. It's just another day. Of it's like, just another day. Yeah. Kind of like Cinco de Mayo. You know, aside from being my birthday, I'm going to tell I you. I thought my, it was called the Steve of the Mayo. People in Mexico, we don't we don't celebrate that right. down here. We just you know people go crazy here. I've always gotten a free margarita and a head shake anytime in downtown <laughs> for my birthday. But well, you know what it is too is uh it's because marketers ruin everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Uh, you know that's like one of my favorite lines is that like marketers ruin everything is because when we find out something works, we go real big on uh just exploiting it and keep pushing it. You know, like oh that works. Like oh. People like to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Like, let's make it a big deal. Know, like, man. let's put, you know, end cap displays everywhere and let's sell a, bo- a boatload of beer and tequila and go crazy. And it's just, it's all for sale. You, my friend, have a, a very storied career, whether it's, you know, sports teams with the, with, oh, don't, don't, don't be cheersing me yet, man. I still got to pour oh, it. Oh, man. I, I still got to pour it, you. man. All right, all right. Salucita, salucita to new friendships. Right. Boom, boom, bam, bam, whatever, whatever you like. Uh, mm. It's just for timestamp. It's eleven oh one in the morning. Oh yeah, PM. <laughs> Storied background, man. Yeah. Miami Dolphins, San Diego Padres. Now yeah. you created your own thing. Yeah. How did you put your foot in the door? Get your foot in the door. What made you want to get into marketing? What is marketing? Yeah. You know what are all these things that make it so cool to be what you're doing? Yeah. So for me. I was a bartender, so I got home from the police academy. <clears throat> a friend of mine uh, who had taught me how to DJ when I was like 17, um, had just landed like a new gig at a bar in downtown Boston. He was like, hey, I need Saturday night off. Can you fill in? And I was like, I have no gear. He's like, you can use all my stuff. I'm like, okay. And I filled in and then like the manager was like, yeah, that guy, cool. yeah, he's doing every Saturday now. And my buddy's like, yo, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so he did Fridays, I did Saturdays. And um, he got Wally pipped is what yeah, happened. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, so I started doing that. And then from there, they really took a liking to me. I was 19. They didn't know that. And then they introduced me to a bunch of bar owners. Next thing you know, I'm doing five nights a week in Boston. And I'm 19 years old, straight, just cash. And uh, it was wild. It was so much fun. And then I, I had to um, get back to Florida at some point to become a cop. I did that, went back and got kind of caught up in a paper trail nightmare. And then you know, it's different back then. They didn't appreciate the hustle of six jobs, right? Like yeah. I worked like six jobs and they were like, hey, put all your job history. I'm like, here it is, man. I'm, I'm a hustler. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm working, I'm barking. Like all day or yeah, do you want my morning yeah, hustle? Do you want my afternoon hustle? <laughs> oh, dude, I picked up I picked up a waiting, I, I started waiting tables at Chili's one day because I was like, man, if this falls through, at least I know how to wait tables. So I just picked up day shifts. So I went to apply and they're like, you want to work day shifts? I'm like, yeah, I just want to learn how to be a waiter. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. So I just did that. I hustled, I waited tables during the day just to learn how to do it. And then would go in town in in the city and make real money. And so anyways, doing that and realized I needed to uh, get benefits. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, oh, radio could be interesting. And I got an internship at my dream radio station in Boston. That was really cool. Um, And I worked for the people I grew up listening to. And that was my dream. I wanted to be like an on-air personality. One day, this kid asked me to uh, edit video. And I had actually, in my high school, we had a TV studio. So I edited video since I was 14. And he's like, you know how to edit video? I'm like, oh yeah. And I thought he was gonna put me in an edit bay. And it was back in the day, they handed me a laptop. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to do that. Uh-oh. No, I didn't. <laughs> I just stayed there all night with this computer trying to figure it out. And it's the same principles, but it's digitally. It's all right, so I figured it out. So then I started editing video and 
that kid get recruited to go work to another station. And then they, in radio, they always say, hey, who else should we take? And he was like, there's this intern over nice. there. take him. So I got a full-time gig. Funny story is they offered me the job. I was all excited. And this sales manager was like, no, no, you can't hire him. You got to offer that job to this internal guy first. That's unfair. Like this guy's worked a year. And I respect that. So the politics, I had to go back to my internship and they offer the guy the job. He takes the job and a week later he quit. Oof. And he took a job across the street. And I got the call that I had the job and that changed, you know, a lot of things. And yeah, so I worked in the radio business for 10 years. um, And the guy I worked for ended up getting recruited to the Miami Dolphins. Um, I called him every day. Um, I knew I needed somebody to, like you were joking about the guy to go to the bank to vouch for you. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't have a college degree. I never went to school, but I knew my my work product needed to speak for itself. And I needed somebody who knew me and knew what I brought to the table to vouch for me for and sure. bring me to the table. I was about to go to New York um, work. Uh, I was going through the process to go to New York and work in radio in, in New York. And then he got recruited in Miami. And I just kept calling, like, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And I got an opportunity to go to Miami, work for the Dolphins. Uh, I got brought in as uh, head of content, which didn't mean anything in 2010. <laughs> like, what is that? Like, they, they, everybody was like, oh, he's the radio guy. He's coming in to do radio. Okay. And then next thing you know, I was in charge of social media. And then I was in charge of the website. And then I was in charge of marketing and, and game entertainment and all the stuff. It was wild 18 months. And then- That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. That's yeah, a lot of responsibility. Wild. Yeah. You're it, telling the tale of a franchise. Yeah. And then you get in, you do it. And then that, um, I got to know the CEO of the team. He got an opportunity to come to San Diego. Um, and I had the opportunity to come out here and be the CMO of the Padres, which was awesome. I mean, I was 35 when I accepted that job. That's relatively young to be a CMO of a dude. Oh my uh, gosh. Got here. I actually, my first day was on my birthday. So I turned 36 when I took the gig and- uh, Much better. 36 yeah, is better than 35. Hell yeah, for sure. My, You're a season veteran then. <laughs> you know, mid to late 30s. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> but yeah, there's no there's no preparing um, for for, you know, the, the the aspects of that job. A little background, a CMO. Yeah. What does it entail? Yeah. Chief marketing officer yeah. of the San Diego Padres. Sure. What does your day-to-day look like when you were there? Well, my favorite thing about it was every day was different. Mm. So I oversaw a bunch of different areas of the business. So I had marketing and, and advertising and, and the brand side of things. And then I had design and video production, right? So there's different things happening there and there's social media. So we had that and then we had PR. So I had the baseball PR, the business PR, all of that. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of feathers in the cap, my friend. In-game entertainment. So you have like what's gonna happen and then just fan experience as a whole. I had the rewards side of things. So there was a ton of things going on and every, so I had five direct reports and each of them had a team underneath them. And so each of them had something different going on every day. And you know, every day came with a new story and, it was, you know, it was awesome. It was incredible, an awesome opportunity. It, I was really fortunate to work for great owners. Um, they just, you know, believed in the vision that we had for where I wanted to take the brand. And um, and I had an amazing team that brought it to life. And so I think for me, that was it, right? It was like collecting amazing people and putting them in positions to f- feel empowered, have the flourish. Yeah. To like shine, to really let their talents come to life and collectively, right. Rallying them around one mission of, of bringing this franchise to the next level. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. It was an amazing opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful, um, that, 
you know, there was that opportunity for somebody who doesn't add up on paper, right? And sure. and I listen, so many people I joke about all the time, like when you do get there, on the way up, everybody wants to cheer for you. And then once you achieve something, others want to tear you down. Ooh, isn't that weird? It's just, it's just <laughs> life though. You get to the point of realizing it. You're like, all right, yeah. I get it. And you like, don't have to be CMO of the Padres that have that happen. You don't have to have that. <laughs> no, you, you could be anywhere. It's just like, as you climb and you achieve, and then, um, you know, a certain point, you sort of look around and, and for us, I had set some pretty good goals that we wanted to achieve in, in, in my time there. And, um, looked around and at one point realized we were checking those boxes. Like we had fixed this department. We had fixed that. We nice. fixed, we fixed, we fixed. And we're like, you left it better than when you got there. Well, that's the goal, right? Always. Not only, not only the brand, but hopefully some people too, right? If you, yep. as a leader, if you can help people achieve, um, things that they didn't believe I achieved things in my life that where I came from, nobody tells you, you could achieve these things. Like I joked, I was just on the phone with a buddy and we were talking about, you know, when I grew up, it was like, okay, you're going to be a policeman, a fireman, a garbage man, a plumber, an electrician. Because you're from Boston. Right. Yeah. That's what you're going to do, you which is you, great. You're going to be a Sox fan. Blue collar town That's and a it. family that, you know, was at a disadvantage. That's you what said. you're going to do. No, like my family did all right. Like, they, you know, like they did all right and it was fine. But like, I didn't know anybody that like made money. Like they, sure. everybody kind of did their thing, which is great. But like, I remember when I got into radio and I met some, like a sales guy who made like six figures. And I was like, wait, what? Ooh you're a dumbass like me. Wait, mm -hmm. that's possible? <laughs> so, oh yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, yeah, it is. I'm like, really? And like, like, and so I had this, I, 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 you and I, Caesar, you and I just talked about this last week. I had this moment and my wife did it for me where she was like, dude, you got to lift your head up. What do you mean? She's like, you're looking here and you're looking at the next day. And that's kind of the mentality that like my dad had, right? The next day, the next day, the next day, the next paycheck, the next day. Yeah. And she's like, you gotta lift your head up and be like, what's five years? What's 10 years? And nobody had ever done that for me. And I actually had the opportunity to do that for one of my employees one day, great dude. And looked at me and was like, dude, kid next to me is making, I heard he got a bigger raise than I did by like a G. And I'm like, mm-hmm. He's like, well, can I get that too? And I was like, let's break that down by, by a bi-weekly check. You're coming in to talk to me about whatever it is, $27 after taxes, right? Like, what are we talking about? Like, uh, just look to your right. That person got $10,000 more. Like nobody had ever done that for me. And that was like an amazing, and he was like, oh, sh oh, wow. Right? You can say shit. Oh, shit. Shit. Right? And you look and you go, that's where I want you focused. Like, let's look to the next, let's let's set the benchmarks to get you to the next level. Like, because when you hit a certain point, the, 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 chunk, the chunk yardage starts to be incredible. And- I, I wish someone had done that for me earlier. My wife did it for me and it was like, and now I joke with her that it's all her fault because <laughs> she's like, man, you haven't been home for 10 years. And I'm like, hey, I was happy handing out t-shirts at bars. There like, it is. Told me to go. <laughs> and it's such a cliche that it's chess, not checkers, but it's a cliche for a reason. I enjoy doing this podcast because one, I get to meet cool people like yourself and I get to hear your stories, but along the way, I'm just taking mental notes yeah. and I'll go back and listen to them doing post-production and be like, man, that makes sense. Man, that makes sense. Yeah. After two years of doing this and talking to people and, and just kind of learning their stories, I've started putting it together. Yeah. You know, it's no surprise that things that you have, like for me, I feel like I've become more accomplished and, and learned a lot more since I started the podcast. Well, it's, you start to see common. Yeah. Threads, common, there's common right? denominators and everybody that I've talked to. And it's like, this is what you do. Yeah. It doesn't matter what people think about you. You just got to maintain, have your goal, hustle, get there. Doors will open. Yeah. And I, it's funny. 
you always listen, right? Because if they, again, look, if you listen for the common threads, you may realize you've made a mistake. I think that's the other thing too, is that as you climb, you should be making mistakes. Like no one's going to be perfect. And like, especially the thing that I learned on the sports side of things was like, there's a magnifying lens on every move you make and not everybody's going to be happy with each move along the way. We talked about, you know, like making the moves to make things feel in the ballpark, the way the vision of where they were going to go. And yeah, with each little move, it feels uncomfortable. And you're like, no, no, trust the process. And then you look back and you're like, why, why should they, why should they trust you? You're, you just arrived here. Why would they try? No. And you're like, all right, yeah, that's fair. And like, it's fair that they don't trust me. Okay. Now I just have to prove it. And so then you get to the point you go, I just need to stop fighting for approval and just start doing what I believe is right. And hopefully at the end, if I do what I say I'm going to do, I'll live up to it. And, and even with like employees and different things and like, that's just not fans. That's just like with your people, you know, like, all right, we want to lay this course off for you. This is where I want you to go. These are the things you need to having that honest dialogue that when I was in radio, nobody had that honest dialogue. Like you were fighting for every dollar. You were like, dude, mm -hmm. can I get an extra dollar? You know, like, and then one day, you're like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I scrapping over here? Like, let's just set a course on where I want to go. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about something that people yeah. are just as passionate about as anything in their lives, which is sports. And that's yeah. thousands, even millions of voices. You're never going to make all of them happy. You shouldn't. No. You right. shouldn't. And the reality well, is like, sorry. No, I was just going to say like, and the funny part is like, I have this joke with my wife all the time that like, you can talk about players and there's certain people that can have that conversation. But the one thing that everybody has an opinion on is uniforms. And so like, even my <laughs> wife has an opinion on uniform. Like, and she's like, you know, she's like, man, I don't like your uniforms. You got, you know. Ugliest like, uniforms when you were there were probably the khakis, right? Am I tripping or am I wrong? Uh, <laughs> wait, the, which ones? The, which ones the, were the, the Khalil Green khakis? The Khalil oh, Green. Oh, that was before my time. Oh, that was I got good. there for the uh, just plain blue and white. Yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I had, I think, three or four variations of, you know, I used to joke all the time that the only consistency they ever had was their inconsistency, which mm -hmm. is kind of endearing it yeah, to itself. It really is. But uh, I think it's great that they now have a path and, and you know, really proud of it. And what's cool about it, I used to, again, back to learning, used to say all the time, like, it doesn't matter what I like. My job is to read data and put it to use and let you know, whoever we asked be part of that process. And I think what the final outcome was, was that was a, was a true, um, you know, vision of the fan base and the community. The fan base was loud about bringing back the Brown. <laughs> we need the Brown. Sure. We need our own identity. And it's yeah. true. And then, yeah. so that was a, a project that you can stick a feather in and be like, oh, in your seven year tenure, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of highlights working with the Padres. What's one of them that stands out the most to you? Yeah, that one, that's cool. I mean, it's just a moment um, that the, on the field, unveiling those uniforms, even like that was awesome. when the that players- was That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> and, and kudos to the owners for giving us the, A, the resources to research it the right way and B, the resources to throw a party to celebrate that moment, right? Um, it, it was cool because we were up in the Western Metal Building up in the uh, loft there. Mm -hmm. And that's where the like the players came in to rehearse their moves and show them kind of the movements. We built a fake stage up there so they could kind of see where they had to go. And they look out on the field, they're like, there's nobody there yet. They're like, wait, how many people are you expecting? We're like, yeah, a few, there's gonna be a couple thousand people. They're like, really? Like, yeah. And then they looked out at one point, they're like, well, you weren't lying. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah, let's get it was, hyped. Let's go. It was a party. It yeah, was, it, was, it was a party. And, and that's a big part of the brand too, is that, you know, it was important to, you know, to when we laid out the brand vision that it was going to be fun, that it needed to be a family friendly, fun place. And Petco needed to be this amazing. And to their credit, 
they have put the money into that ballpark year after year after year and created an incredible experience that no matter what's happening on the field, you can feel really good about bringing your family there and have an amazing experience. And, you know, I just so many fond memories. Except it's a Dodgers. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I mean, but you, you, you can, I look at it as I've been a lifelong fan. That doesn't determine the fact that I'm going to continue to go and visit the ball club and support the sure. ball club. Like you've got to create that game day experience. And I think, you guys yeah. definitely and a real life that. testimonial. We've been we've been season ticket holders for a long, long time. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of things. I've seen Xavier Nady in the outfield. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen Brian Giles in the outfield. I've seen all of them. Yeah. They've all a- been out X there. X gonna bring it to you. Oh yeah, we're having really man. It made me <laughs> laugh every time. Like, that's a good one. And it's quiet in the outfield. Yeah. You know, it was quiet in the infield seats. It was mm-hmm. quiet. Like there was no chatter. There was nothing. It was just no. like, oh my god, where are we? Are we in church? Yeah. What's going on? This is like this is a major league baseball game yeah. on a Friday night. Yeah. You know, so imagine like on a Tuesday or a, or a Wednesday. There's little things, man. There's little things you can tweak, like decibel levels. You know, you can crank it up a little bit. Like just a little bit makes a huge difference. There's a difference between what makes people sit back in their seats and sit forward in their Mm. seats, right? And there's energy levels that you can adjust. So one of the things that I did in my DJ days was studying register tape to understand where we were making and losing money and then counterbalancing that with music to drive the energy up to counterbalance if- we were losing people, for example, the last train leaves Fenway Park at midnight every night. So if I could program the music from 11.30 till 12.05 to be absolutely epic, I got you for two more hours. It's just math, right? Yeah. And so you can use music and, and energy to actually persuade people to get up out of their seats. If, you, if I can get you up, I get your blood flowing. I get your energy up. You're mobile. You're, you're probably going to cheer a little bit yeah. more. You're going to bring a little bit yeah. more energy, right? Like there's little things you can do and um, that, that make a big difference. Like every inning break, we finished with music and crowd shots. Every time we shortened all the spe- features to give that extra little boost because now coming back from every inning, you got to like, there's, there's a little energy. There's oh, a little for sure. heart racing going. Yeah. Like you got up and you kind of, and, and, and there's just little things that you can do. And that's, that's just not in a ballpark. That's with in, inside of a bar, inside yeah, of a tasting room, sure. inside of a thing. Like that bartender's hyped. Guess what? The crowd's going to be hyped. People drinking. That's it. If that bartender's got a sh- crappy ass attitude and is just like walking back and forth, not getting them going, that's on you. And it's going to reflect on them. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Like when <laughs> I bartended, like the guy who taught me how to bartend was like, this is on us, man. We make what we want to make of it. Yeah. And the bar, we, I bartended at TGI Fridays, right? Out in the suburbs. And it was all female bar staff. And then they were having uh, too many fights. And so I got hired off the street to be a bartender there. And my buddy was shifted from another store to just put some guys behind the bar, right? So we get there and they wouldn't give us a night together. They wouldn't give us a night. They were like, no, 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 no. The girls have all the shifts. And then it was a Monday night open and they gave it to us. And so he and I were like, we're going to make this the Let's biggest kill Monday it. night. So we called it Coyote Chubby. <laughs> and it was just two chubby dudes behind the bars, throwing stuff around, making it. Next thing you know, we went from $500 a night to $5,000 a night in sales because we're having fun. People man. are engaged. That's They're it. feeding off your energy. And, and they go tell their friends about that. Tuesday nights are so Dude, dope over there. Yeah. You gotta have a drink. Let's go. We tell this story all the time here at the brewery or at the bar as well. It's like, you know what? We are offering the same Jamaica, uh, Jameson, the same That's whiskey, it. the same tequila, same beers, quality. What? It's all the same. What's going to differentiate what we do here from anywhere else? Why are people going to come here? It's, you're creating an ambiance. You're creating That's something it. where people are like, oh, like for us, it's familia, cerveza, yes. musica, fiesta. So you come in, it's like, Oh, I yeah. feel it. I, I'm a part of this. 
So that's awesome. Now the foresight yeah. at that age at a TGI Fridays on yeah. a Monday night at Coyote Chubby's. <laughs> this is my guy. Yeah, yeah. like he, he taught me that. And like, I mean, like I'll I'll, I'll give him a shout out because he passed away. He got killed outside of a bar. He's tattooed on my arm. Um, one shot right here. And it's like yes. another lesson that like this guy, he, he literally, he understood marketing, but nobody called it that, right? Like he understood how to tell a story, how to engage you. But he also, it was some of the best sales training I ever went through. Cause he also understood that if I could upgrade you to that ultimate margarita versus a regular margarita, the register receipts go up, right? Boom, like boom, he's like, yeah. register receipts mean more tips, mean more like and all this stuff. And like, you know, I always go back to it that like, it doesn't matter where you get your training. It does, as long as you're trying to learn, like I, I mentor a ton of kids and I always say like, all right, you got a part-time job at, you know, whatever, Lululemon right now. Like what lessons are you learning every day at Lululemon? Like, well, I don't know. Well, you just go in there for a paycheck because you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Take something from it, learn something, tell yourself what skills you want to learn, then put yourself in a position to learn those skills every week. And you'll feel more, like you'll feel like you achieve something more than just a paycheck that week. As that's a game changer. Like so many people are focused on that next paycheck, which I respect and I get it. And when I had the, the big title, I used to say titles don't mean anything. And it's the easiest thing in the world for me to say because I have one. But let me tell you, it means nothing. I walked away from it. Like, you know, because that's not what, that's not what was it for me, you know? And like, but I knew the skills I wanted to learn every day. I learned them and then I wanted to apply them to my next challenge that I was going to give myself. Enter the next challenge. See, look at that. You drop it, I pick it up, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, like I keep, like you mentioned it before we we started recording about Gary Vandercheck. I'm like, now all I see is him. Yeah. Like, you're, you're talking to me and, yeah. and I'm just looking at him like, oh, wow. Yeah. He's probably one of your mentors. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I joke all the time that- You're you giving can, me all those vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you can, there's this like thing out in the in the ether of like, there's five voices in your head and like not all of them need to be in the room. Like some of them can be virtual and there are times when I need that and there are times that I don't have time for it and I got to focus. But yeah, dude, like Gary, for me, Gary Vaynerchuk has just been- able to very clearly articulate. When I was in the NFL and I was this content guy, I had this vision for what we should be doing and nobody in the NFL was doing it. And Gary was doing it. And I was the first person to validate my thoughts. And I was oh, like, yeah. you just kind of needed that. That's and an awe inspiring like, moment when yeah, that happens. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I'm going to go for it. Cause guess what? Yeah. I got a shot at the table. There's a reason why I'm here. Yeah, mm -hmm. I am Embrace the it. younger guys in the room. I'm just going to go for it. And it worked. And yeah. I was like, okay. And then he had another one. I'm like, all right. And then he did this. I'm going to build an agency and not just build an agency. I'm going to build the best engine so that when the market collapses, I'm going to go buy brands under value and I'm going to run them through my branding engine and I'm going to spit them out at a higher valuation. And They're that's come out. But yeah. I was like, huh, that's interesting. So as I started to sort of lay out my thought of what, what my next challenge would be is I've always wanted to uh, create something of my own that I could control the culture top to bottom. Nice. That I could control who we do business with. I'm with control, that. I'm with that. Right? You get yeah, it. I like it. I can control um, the people that are going to be on the boat, right? I can control um, what we work on, when we work on it, why we work on it. Um, but more importantly, the culture and what we're all going to be working towards and why we're going to be working towards it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it was a, a big dream that I've had. Gosh, I mean, I started my first business when I was 23 years old. I started a promotional agency. We ran, you know, promotional uh, for beer companies, promos from New Hampshire through Rhode Island. I had two buddies. We started the company together. We did it for many years. It was a side thing for me. 
I was in radio, started the DJ business years after that because I got married and realized that wedding DJs were making a couple G's on a Saturday. And I was like, <laughs> my wife was- a Underestimated career path, man. You know, my, Real talk. Well, my wife was a school teacher, right? And she made $50,000 a year teaching at her school. And I never wanted, it was the stress that I carried with me that I never wanted her to feel like she had to work when we had kids. I always wanted to be her choice. I never wanted to be like, well, you wanted to be a DJ. And so now we don't have any money. Oof. So I have, like, I just, just it, she yeah, I feel you. But I, I, I know, I feel you. You know the stress, I, right? I feel you, self-imposed like, stress, man. Yeah, and I wake like, up with it, I go to I sleep with I it. Wanna, I want to achieve. Yeah. And so I was like, we got married and I was like, wait, what's the band get? They're like, oh, it's five guys. And so I'm like, wait, what's a DJ get? So I start looking at it up. I'm like, guess what I'm doing with yeah, some right? wedding money. I'm buying a DJ setup. And I was a radio guy. Next thing you know, I made her, I made her money back. So I was able to say to her, two years later, you're good. I just, it's your choice on the side, now. now you get, and like, yeah. that was the greatest feeling in the world. And then it grew well beyond that. And it was this great business. And then I got rid of that. And that's when I went to Miami. I, I had two jobs the whole time. Like I was working at the radio station all day. And then at night I was DJing like three, four nights a week, like hustling. Just people, to- people don't recognize that hustle though. I feel like it's often, often just kind of falls on the wayside. You know, it's like people just see where you're at and how you, they don't really care about how you got there and the things that you have to do to get there. Yeah. I think when you arrive at a point, it's just assumed that they could have too. Mm. And then it's, it's your fault that you got there. And <laughs> I didn't like, I, here's the thing. And I'm, I'm really big on this one. Learning moment. Take it easy. Here it comes. No, no, no. Here it is. Our society has, it's no one's fault. Maybe there's some fault, but I don't blame anybody. My parents' generation believed that their generation, the most successful people went to college, got a degree, and then got into business. And, and so what you always want more for your, we all want more for our kids than we had mm-hmm. for us, right? My parents, same, right? So their generation was focused on getting us to this point of success, what was defined as success to their generation. And then we all went through that. And so a lot of our generation was sold this dream that if you went through these steps and you got this piece of paper, this, this just guarantees you success. So many kids walked into the radio station and were like, I didn't have a degree and they were all working for me. And they were going, no, but I have, but I have this paper, but I have this piece of paper. I should have your job. Mm. Like, no, no, you got to start at the bottom. Can you move those boxes for me? They're like, no, no, but I should be doing afternoons because I have this piece of paper. Like, yeah, but that doesn't, that got you in here. But I have this piece of paper. Like, mm. I need you to put that paper in the drawer and get to work. Yeah. Like, and, and nobody's having those. Now people are having those real talks. Like, yeah. Look, man, you start your own thing. Like, you did it yourself. Like, you know, like people, and I think that's the biggest thing is that they were sold this dream, right? It, it's like buying that car you always dreamed about, but it doesn't start. <laughs> And they're like, well, what happened? <laughs> you told me if I got yeah, there. Yeah, it was, it was going. Yeah, so I, I, think that's, I think that's unfortunate. And, and so that, because people thought that was the work. I just, there was, a, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how school just prepares you to go get your first job and actually learn stuff. And they were, they were like, it doesn't make any sense if you yeah, think about it. Like you pay yeah. all this money and then you come up. And I'm, I, I'm not knocking the education system, but I am, when we started Quento, I 
removed it from all requirements. Did you really? A hundred percent. Hell yeah. One hundred percent. That's crazy. That's usually the first thing you see in a job description removed. of five years MBA. Brewery years jobs MBA. required degrees. And I'm yeah. like, oh shit. And, well, then I guess I'm going to have to set up my own brewery because I ain't bringing a degree here. You know? <laughs> no, for real. Like, yeah. It was like, how can I? So I got recruited for a job when I was like 27 years old to go work for Coors Brewing, uh, Coors Light, to be a regional marketing manager for Coors. Got through the process, done, got the job. Like my guys call me like, dude, you killed it. You're, you're so ready for this. An hour later, dude, did you not go to college? I'm like, no. Nah. Breaking news. And they were like, oh man, we can't hire you. I'm like, well, that's your problem. Like, I don't know. I, I, I was devastated, but I was like, and then my wife and I started talking about me taking night school classes and like, man, maybe you need that. And I'm like, let's just give it another year. Let me see. Um, they ended up hiring me as a consultant and like they needed, you know, I was part, I was, uh, we had a plan. And so, but yeah, that was the first time that I got told the first and only time because I set myself in a different path at that point. But yeah, there, there's rejection along the way of like, if you don't have it. And I love that there's a light shined on the alternate roads that lead to your goal, you know? Cause uh, like you said, once upon a time, there was only one light and one road and that's how you got there. Especially for and now it's like, we're creating our own little paths, making sure, okay, you know what? That doesn't work for me. We have kids. We all have kids in here, you know, and then wifey and I have talked about it in the past. What are we going to do? Are we going to make sure that we put extra emphasis in making sure these kids go to a four-year university, this, that, and the other? I can already see in my three boys who has it, who doesn't need it, yep. and who's going to succeed if they go through that course, you know? And I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm not going to force it on any of these kids. I'm yeah. not forcing anything. Whereas before we were told, don't yeah, deviate. Yeah. Don't deviate. This is what, this this is is what you right got to do. I had a dad. This is a good one. I was 17. So I talk about this, the stress when I was a kid of the, the stress at that point was the big question. What are you going to do next mm. year? Right. I saw, I saw this meme yesterday. It said, don't you find it funny that we're asking 17, 18 year olds to choose a path of their life where just two months ago, they had asked to go to the bathroom. Yeah, oh, man. Think about that. That's crazy. I screenshotted that yesterday and I was like, damn, damn. I saved it too. Cause I was like, <laughs> that's right. And I was 17, right. I was going to graduate. I was a young um, like I got a grade ahead. I, whatever. So I was only 17 when I was going to graduate and just tell us you were Doogie Hauser. Go I, ahead. Man. I skipped. No, 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 but I can't no talk, big deal. But I, could, but I had to have Velcro shoes. Those Boston, those Boston yeah, kids are just yeah. more events. Those East coast guys. No, shoes, bro. no, 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 no fine motor skills. So, uh, they were like, this dad stopped us in the parking lot. We we're walking to the grocery store and he was like, Hey, so, uh, what are you going to do next year? And I, I was like, I, I, I froze. And my dad was like, he's going to take, uh, he's going to take a year off and try to figure it out. And he was like, what? He's like, whoa, well, you better get him to college. Cause he, he you don't want him to be a loser. Oof. -a. Bro. Oof. -a. Right. Ooh, right through your whole body. You get cold. <laughs> You're just like, that was the, the, the stress of all of those moments rolled into one moment of just like, oh, what the, f I don't want to be a loser. Wait, I could be a loser. I don't want to be a loser. Wait, 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 wait. And my dad, the guy walked away and he was like, hey man, do you. Good. Find what Oof. makes you happy, go, right? But then I get into radio and I was working for free for a year, right? And he came to me, he's like, hey, those who work for free never run out of work. It's time to get paid. And I was like, look at man, I'm on a course. I, I appreciate you, but I'm going my own I way I got here. a plan. Yeah, like I'm going after a career, not a job. And to get a career, I got to pay my dues and I'm going to learn and I'm learning. As long as I'm learning every day, I don't care if I'm not getting paid. I want to learn. And then about two months later, he called me and he was like, hey, remember a couple months ago I called you? He was like, yeah. He's like, take it all back. 
Like, okay. He goes, I've never seen you happier. Nice. Just go be happy. And let's see what happens. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, that's where I was two months ago. I'll see you there. I'll see you at the finish line. That's incredible to me that you've taken so many of these passions and side hustles and have that they've become incorporated into your ultimate dream and your long-term goal. I mean, you shared a cool story with me that if you don't mind me, yeah. we can edit it out if you say no, but <laughs> that, you know, you came to a, a job interview and you were showing them just how much your side hustle was making with the mm -hmm. DJ. And you were like, no, nah, I don't, I don't know you. If you understand how much I'm getting in on mm -hmm. the side that you, you needed to, you need to show me my value. Mm -hmm. You need to appreciate my worth. Well, you got to create that value, yeah. right? When you work in corporate America, they, they, they assign you a value, which is okay. I always like, even with happiness, so many people think they have to get all their happiness from their full-time job. Like, I don't know, go take an art class. Like if you miss art, right? And you feel like you want to paint more. It may not come from your full-time job. You may just have to take a class or guess what? Go buy a sketch pad, bro. Yeah. Like, and just sort of draw, right? Like find a way to incorporate it into your life, not just your job. And sometimes it, be, and then it could grow, it could blossom. You know, they call them side hustles, but like, it's really just exploring something that you're passionate about. You may enjoy your job, right? I enjoyed my job. I loved what I did every day it didn't mean it was the end all for me. And that's hard for people to swallow. You have my dream job. How dare you walk away? Yeah. And it's like, because so many people- I was gonna say, to you, probably, you probably got that a lot. Dude, guy. I walked away from being an on-air personality. I was on air doing afternoon drive. I was like a bit guy on an afternoon drive show at 28 years old. Nice. Top 10 market, dream job. I was interviewing bands all over the country. It was epic. And I walked. Mm. Everybody's like, how do you walk away from my dream job? There's more out there for me. Well, I said, yeah, you ever sit in a room and tell jokes and not know if anybody laughed? That's being an on-air DJ. But when I was live and I was on stage, I loved that. And then I realized that being in a boardroom and pitching to really powerful people, I got that same energy I did being on stage. I'm like, wait, you make more money going that way. So I'm going to go that way. <laughs> but I can feel it. I was like, oh man, there's nothing like sitting down in a room with the person who makes all the decisions, the owner of a team or the huge sponsor, right? Making that pitch that was going to make or break. You got their ear, man. And you got it. And it's showtime. Yeah. It's showtime. And that's the best. It's a great feeling. So yeah, I just think you don't have to get it all from one thing. You can get it from different things. Like you can, maybe it's just, I like to run. I like to work out. I like to do all these things. And dude, do it. There's nobody stopping you. I, I made every excuse in the world to not be healthy when I worked in sports. I made every excuse. My God, you dropped 70 what? Yeah, I dropped like, I dropped. We must have found max. what he lost, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> half of it. <laughs> half and half you for me yeah. and one for you. <laughs> it was like 80 something pounds, but that was while I was there because I was setting up for, I wanted to have a healthy life and I wanted to be there for my family. And, and but my promise when I left was once I don't work in sports, uh, I'm going to work out every day. And my wife had started running every day. I'm like, well, if you can do it, I could do this. So it was the week before my last day and I, we were away on vacation. And I was like, well, I should probably start now. And it was the week before Thanksgiving. And I haven't taken a day off since this it's a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half later. He's traveling in the world and he's always posting about no days off. Yeah. You got to run, run dude. And, yeah. Get your running, get your lifting, whatever it is, get something and get 10 minutes. Get your whiskey yeah. in. Maybe, maybe a joint, a burrito for sure. Ten. Oh wait, are we on the different, I think we're on a different workout regimen. <laughs> but, but for me, that was what was going to make me happy. Right. Which is different than someone else. Yeah, but it for was sure. like, that was my next thing of like, all right, in my new life, that was sort of a significant, I'm going to have control of my day. Like, that's a big thing. It's powerful. That's a big thing to me was like, wait, for the last 20 years, someone else dictated my schedule. And now I'm in charge. 
And that's an amazing feeling to say. And it was something that was important to me because I joked that like my wife and I are dating again for the first time because I wasn't home for 12 years. That's funny, man. 12 years. Like I was grinding I, for, the, for the, we got married. I was DJing weekends. I was doing this. And then we moved to Miami and then I was full-time NFL. And then I moved to like, and you're like, and then it was like, pandemic hit and I was home. It was like, man, I hope she doesn't. It's fucking crazy. Just when I listen to people tell their stories and you know, I, I put myself in the room. I'm like, fuck, that's me. Yeah. You're like, oh, that, that situation. That's me. Like, you know, wifey and I get to go eat, uh, have breakfast or go have coffee after we drop off the kids. We never did that. Oh, right. Not until like, you go know, you free, you know, you free things up and that all of a sudden date. it's like, yeah, it's like, boom, it's like shit. You know, man, I'm going to go home and sit back and listen to this episode. And just, I swear, man, I, I, I do. And, and yeah. I go back and I listen and like, I take out valuable points made. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Yeah. It's about, you're dropping some nuggets today. Man. Uh, you're dropping yeah, some nuggets today, man. About, you know what? It, for me, you realize along the way, um, that the, the course, just like in brand, right. You're going to pick a course that gets you to the destination as quickly as possible. And I think, so many people put success on a pedestal instead of happiness. Oof. And success to me is happiness, right? And I wasn't before, right? Success to me was that- Depends on the filter you run it through. No doubt. You know? It was that validation from others before that I think I was searching for, which was like, well, I'm on the radio. Now everybody's gonna think I'm cool. Mm. I'm a DJ. I'm in like the hottest spots. Like, oh, that's cool. And I got there and I'm like, all right, this is fun. I'm enjoying it, but what's next? Like, how do I parlay this to the next thing? Mm. And- I think that's a big thing is like, that's what makes me happy, which is like building the next thing and building something that I can help other people achieve where they want to go. That to me, and, and Caesar knows this, like I love helping people get to where they want to go next. And I, my employees, like, it's so funny. I got a call. I bumped into one of my former employees one day and he was like, hey man, I'm sorry we haven't chatted like since you're gone, but I, I have a question for you. I'm like, sure, of course. And he's like, can you help me with it? Of course. I told you like with my guys, like, or girls, like when we work together, you got me forever, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. Just call me whatever you need. And we worked something out. He, he had, he was in a situation. He needed some help guiding him through it. And I mean, it was like nightly phone calls. Like, here we go. We're going to get you through this. Like, and I had people who did that for me. And I never realized one of the guys who did it for me is a CEO of this major business. And I never knew how big his business was. I had no idea. He, we, we met through business, whatever. I didn't know he had this other side of the business that was like so big. And he asked me to speak at his company conference. So I show up and it was like a rock concert. I'm like, yo, when did you get this big, man? Like, what do you do? I, thought, yeah. I was like, I thought you were my boy. Like, what is this? He was like, I don't talk. I mean, yeah, we're pretty big. Like, you know. What have you been hiding? Yeah. So, and I, but he called me, I mean, almost every other day for like months to check in, to help me with something. And I was like, oh my God, dude, how did you find the time? He's like, you can find the time, man. If it's for a person that you care about, you find the time. And so- It's meaningful, you'll make it. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll find the time. I've never watched the, uh, the episodes Mad Men. Never have, me but either. but but you strike me as that kind of person <laughs> that would be you know a, 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 a character in that kind of a show because it's all about marketing, advertising, branding, yeah, which kind of like bridges a gap to what you currently do and what what I'm I'm assuming all of these ventures and all of these opportunities funneled into what is going on with you right now. Yeah, you get to a certain point where you're like, all right, I've collected these experiences, I've collected these stories, I've collected these talented people in my life, right? I've got this, I'm just surrounded by all of these things. And then it's like, okay, now what? And we were, you know, I, I back to making time every year. I did these, uh, 
Gary Vaynerchuk, again, another lesson was like, you can make time for your people if you want to, or you could say you're too busy to actually do one-on-ones with your people. So I did these, uh, I called them micro meetings and they were each person, same three questions, three questions. And you had 15 minutes. I didn't speak. You came in, we went through three questions and it was, how are you, you know, how are you doing? How's your department doing? What can I do better to help you grow? Three things, let's go. And if there was need for more, we would just schedule more time. But everybody went through the gauntlet, right? We did it a couple of times a year and it was a way to make time for everybody in, on the team to get that. So, and to help me understand where you wanted to be a year, two years. So as I'm, as I'm envisioning where we're gonna grow this department, how you might, we had one guy, he was like, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna shift over to this other department really, dude, you're so good at this. He's like, yeah, but I want to learn a new skill. Cool. All right. As a new project comes up, I might put you on that. Cool. Like if you're helping people achieve and challenge themselves, you can keep your team together, right? And keep everybody growing. And so I had this, I had kind of, we were finishing the uniform project for the Padres and that's just back in 2018. And you're starting to like, okay, kind of what's next. We got a two year launch of this thing. And then what? And doing this process with, um, who was our VP of marketing, Katie Jackson. And I was like, Hey, what are you thinking? What's next? And she's like, I don't know, man. Like, honest, honest moment. What are you thinking? And I was like, honest moment. I'll give you honest. I'm like, I'm thinking I may not be here. Oof. And she was like, I'm thinking the same thing. And I was like, why? <laughs> and she was like, what else? What else? And at that point, we were doing a lot of calls with other teams, helping kind of advising on some things. And I was like, I've always wanted to do my own thing. And she was like, me too. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know. Let's explore it. And we did. And I was like, let's just do it. Like, why not? And so we we really wanted to build um, the, the uh, a consultancy, not an agency. Agencies, we joke all the time that we fired every agency we ever hired <laughs> and, or worked with. And it's because I, I made this joke in a pitch the other day and I didn't realize the guy was a lawyer. But, <laughs> and I said, it's kind of like your lawyer, right? Like, you know, and you got to call your lawyer. As soon as that phone picks up, you go click, 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 click. The meter's running. Oh yeah. And that's what it was like with agencies. And I was like, no, I really want to be a partner for companies. Like I really want to be that advisory channel and build out a team that could be that support system for somebody that if they have no marketing department, we could be everything. If they have a marketing department, we could just fill the holes to give them a really robust marketing department and help not only our team grow, but help their business grow and really pick out cool brands that either need to be redefined and, and grown or don't exist in the world and we're going to put them on the map. And so we started working on it and started figuring it out. And then, yeah, end of 2020, we went full time. And it's funny, you know, Caesar and I laugh about this. When you walk away from the world we were in, everybody goes, well, they had to get fired. Nobody <laughs> leaves those jobs. True. Yeah. When I got, when I left the radio station, man, you got blown out of the, you know, you got blown. I'm, no, I just didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Right. Like, no, like, oh, you're leaving ball. Why dude, you got this big business. You're, what's going on? Like, I just on to the next thing, like whatever. And same thing. And we we're laughing. And this kid actually came up to Katie and he was like, so like Monday is like your first day. Yeah. He's like, like what are you guys going to do? Like, I kind of just imagine you and Wayne, like in his kitchen, kind of like Michael Scott paper company, like you two just <laughs> looking at each other being like, so we got our own company. Now, now what? Making yeah. 50 pancakes. Yeah, and pancakes. <laughs> that was, you know, that was not what the first day looked like. Listen, the analogy is you, you want the boat to be close to the dock before you jump on, right? Like that boat, we were getting it close to the dock. We were working some things out of like, hey, if we did this, would you be, you know, like, what are you thinking? And and trying to build 
a safety net for ourselves to, 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 to take that jump and that leap of where we wanted to go. And, um, you know, really, really fortunate that a group of businesses believed in where we were going and believed in what we could do and believed that taking the lessons from sports and applying them to any industry would work. And it's been really fun and, and amazing. And then we've grown the team, you know, the team grew from just Katie and I, and now there's seven of us full time. And uh, we've got another, I think 11 behind that. That's awesome. Time and all just, you know, we joke all the time. Like I use this all the time, like creatives being creative. Like I love just walking into a room and seeing creatives be creative. Like they're just, doing their thing and you're putting them in an environment where they can shine and where they want to shine. And listen, it's not all rainbows and, and sunshine, right? It's, it's a startup. There are days that suck, right? You're grinding, right? Like, you know, you got to make payroll every two oh, weeks, man. right? Like yeah. you got to like, there are things, there are different stresses. Um, you have new shit to deal with versus bullshit to deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody has stuff, right? And it's how you attack it. And, but the team of people that we've put together, like, I mean, let's go to war. You'll man. go to war with let's those go, heads for man. sure. Let's go. And, you know, we were talking about Brendan at Ballast Point and Kings and Convicts and, um, you know, partners that have brought us on board in a major way to, to help grow their business and, and trust and believe in us and um, believe in you as an advisor, right? Not just a market. Like we're not just a brand marketing brand. As you guys know, you're building this brand. It infuses through every facet of, the organization, it all has to, because it's not about what you put on a poster. So many people want to look at a tagline and be like, that's your brand. You put on a tagline. It's like, that's, that's a tagline, man. And I'm not a tagline person, by the mm -hmm. way. Like that's not my jam. Like taglines are built to be disproven. Like in sports, especially like, unless you win it all, your tagline lost, right? Yeah, so that's true. Like build a brand that has real, real structure and real foundation of belief in something and even if you lose, that's okay. When I went through the process on brand with the NFL, they brought in a team from the like from the commissioner's office that like moves into your market for a year and they build your brand with you. And that's how I got to go through that journey with them. And the former CMO was like, listen, man, we work to make sure you lose 50% of your games. The NFL is built on parity. We want you to lose 50% of your games because that makes the league better. And that's a moment where you go, you're right there are going to be days that we lose. There are going to be days that they're sad. The fans are going to be mad. I, I said this, I think it was, I don't know if I was talking about It's a good thing that fans don't overreact though. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> you know what? Like, I love it though. Like you'd rather that than the alternative, right? I mean, sports is driven on that energy. And, 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 and I think if you, if you actually sit there and put yourself in their shoes, you can understand it's something that they love. It's something they believe in. And, and I was a fan for a long time, but I, I say all the time, we're playing a different game when you're doing it as a career. Right? Yeah, for like, sure. And you can't, you can't get caught up in the game that everybody else is playing. You got to love it and respect it and be there to help them through it. But it's not your job to ride that wave that way. It'll kill you if it does. I mean, you're living and breathing that thing 24 seven, like 24 seven, 365, you are living and breathing that brand, which is awesome. Jesus awesome. Christ, man. And, and, and you know what people you throw- are? I mean, think about well, it. Yeah, I mean, we, we do it just with our eyes closed, not even knowing. It's second nature. It's you know, day, you, you day. get up, you go to sleep, and wifey's like, why are you on your phone? You're on your phone all the time. And it's like, I assure you, it's like, this all leads to the greater good. You know, oh, yeah. I, I, 
I have a goals. You know, I have things that I want to do and, and, and I give myself a certain amount of time no doubt. every day to work on them to get there, you know, and it's on me. It's not on anybody else. It's on me to get this shit done. And sometimes those time slots might keep going yeah. because you know what? You're on a roll yeah. and that's going to make a difference in my yeah. day. You know, sometimes it's that little extra, that little extra. I had um, this opportunity, this guy called me and he was like, Hey, I need you in Vegas. And I was like, nah, season just ended. There's no way I'm going to tell my wife that I, I got to go to Las Vegas. Like, no, he's like, oh yeah, this conference. I think it'd be really important to get your perspective on it. I think it could grow. I, I really need you here. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not telling my wife. I'm going, I, I can't. <laughs> like, I, you tell her. <laughs> I had this thing that I would never turn down an opportunity that when I was a kid with no money, right, that I would kill for. And a free trip to Vegas qualifies. So Sold. Like, all right, I'll come. And I ended up going that's, we ended up becoming friends and I was able to like give him some advice. And he's the guy who became a mentor to help me do this. He's the guy who called and checked in with me every other day. Who knew, right? It was just because I went on that. I, I didn't say no. I did that extra. And I joke with my wife now that like, yes, yeah, she was pissed when I said I couldn't pull that up. Like that I had to go to, not pissed, but just sort of like, really dude, you have to go to Vegas. And I'm like, Look, you just don't know. One of these is going to turn into something that you don't oh, know. Man. And it sucks in the moment, but it's the one you turn down. That's going to end up leading to a greater good. That's it. That's nuts, man. I, I constantly um, have dialogue with wifey yeah. in, regard, in regards to that. You know, and it's like, why do you always go on these bike rides that you guys do every Sunday? Yeah. You know, it's like, cause it's an opportunity where we're reaching into the people that are supporting what we do. And you don't know what comes out. I've met so many people there. Yep. Um, these bike rides are like a golf game. It's like 18 yep. holes. You go out, you make, making friends, making connects. I spread myself really thin, mm -hmm. but I know that if I give myself, I, cause I gave myself five years, yep. four years ago. Yep. I said, let me, let me build these brands. Yep. Let me build this brewery. Let me see what I can do. Yep. And I got one more year left on that five year program before I got a, you know, approach the, the, the boss and be like, Hey, so, uh, can I get two more years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a, for me, the payout is immeasurable because it's mine. It's it. I'm putting into something that I truly believe in, whether it's the brewery, whether it's yep. this, this podcast came out of that field when yep. like, this is not something I've always like been that kid that would, uh, sit in front of the TV and, and keep score watching a Padre game and just go, Oh, no bad. And you know, like doing yeah. that kind of stuff or, or even mimicking like the, the, the radio, the Mexican radio stations about like, uh, how much line is at the border, you know, and all that shit. So it, all of those little things kind of led up yep. to, to what I want to do, what I want to accomplish. I'm fortunate as you are, where our wives believe in us. They believe in what we're doing. And she gives me enough, enough rope to be like, all right, go handle what you got to handle. Yep. Just don't forget, we have three boys. Mm. You know, we got, we're, we have responsibilities here. When, when I got to the Dolphins, when we took that job, my wife was pregnant and um, she said, hey, I know this is going to be big. I know this is, this is the moment. This is what you've been working towards. But the one thing I ask of you, that the only way I'm all in on this is you've got to set aside time for our kids. You got to figure it out. And so when I was negotiating my deal with the Dolphins, I said, all right, I'm all in. and You're going to get all of me. No more because they were like, dude, the DJ thing, any of that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm all in. The only thing I ask of you is that I don't have to be there at nine o'clock in the morning. What? I'm like, the commute is a little long, but I'm going to do breakfast with my kids every day. It's the only thing. I can control my morning. Once I leave, I'm yours. It's hands off. I if I gotta stay till one in the morning, three in the morning, whatever it is, Padres get home at 11, 11 30 every night. I can't control what time I'm gonna get home, but I can control what time I leave. And everybody was like, got it. No problem. And I I was That's usually awesome. there by like 9.05, right? Like 9.50. Sure. But I, I didn't have the stress of racing to get there. It was like I can take my I can actually be focused. I can have that time with them. 
And still to this day, we walk to school in the morning together. We have that time. It's like, you know, I was a little late today because my daughter was going to sixth grade camp. And it was like, she said, hey, dad, are you going to be there when we get on that bus? And I was like, well, what time is it? And she's like, 9.15. I'm like, whoa, that's tough. I was like, all right, I can pull it off. And of course they were late and all this yeah. stuff. But, uh, but you know, she blew me off as she walked by. But <laughs> but you were there. You checked that box. But I was there, yeah. right? Yeah. And so Kept I think, word. and my wife, my wife, you know, I was like, you said, you know, I want you to, that, that was the, that was the thing and make sure you have that time for your kids. And at the end of the day, you can't, you can't go back on that one. Right. And, and that for me was a big one of like, okay. And now they're getting to that age, right? She's 12. My oldest is 12. It was like, when we make this shift, it was like, okay, all right. Now I have a little more control. I, you know, I was always able to move some things around, but once the season came and there's a game, you're at the game, you know, my wife used to call it like re-entry every October, unfortunately, it was <laughs> but uh, you would re-enter the household, yeah. right? Like the rest of the time it was, you see dad at breakfast and then that was it. Weekends you were gone, you know, like it was- That's crazy. Yeah. That's a that's a brutal schedule. That's right. 162. Yeah, it was 80. Yeah, so 82, you know, 81 at home. And then um, even on road games, I was I was in front of the TV, like watching every game. Yeah, I don't, there are very few innings missed because, you know, A, you're invested, man. Like, I don't want to miss it. Like even today, I don't want to miss it. I love watching and I'm a huge fan. Like I, I cheer for these guys. Uh, I joke all the time. I cheer unless they're playing somebody who pays me. There and, it is. <laughs> <laughs> then I turn it off. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So what's next? All of these things that you've accomplished, got your business up and running, you're doing it, all of the things. What's next on the agenda for you? You know, it's just growing and, and maintaining and trying to grow it and continue to help as many people as I can and, um, you know, take the the lessons that I've learned and and try to share them with as many people as I can. I back to Gary Vaynerchuk, like 2019, he put up this thing. It was like a challenge. It was it was 2018. He said it. He was like, and you guys do this. You live this. That's one of the reasons why I was really excited when Caesar asked me to come join you guys. If you have a story to share that could impact one person, and you don't share it, it's kind of selfish, don't you think? If you yeah. had the ability to help one person just by kind of sharing your story, would you do it? Most people would say no, because you're going to get a little backlash. You're going to get a little like, you don't think my buddies bust my chops by how much I post on social media now? I didn't post when I was that much when I was I had the job, right? Because I, I impacted something that was above me and that's not my game. But now- it's my thing. And I can actually be in control of helping and sharing that story. I'm a, I, I know I'm going back to Boston this weekend. Like I'm going to get so much grief from my buddies by how much like I post. And, <laughs> but I stand by it. Like, because dude, I had a kid I coached in little league, middle of the pandemic, two kids call me. I was a little league coach when I was 15, 16 years old. They're now married men with families and they were looking for a career change. And I started doing coaching sessions with them like over Zoom because they were like, dude, you just made this leap. Help me make the leap. Like, what do we do? Whatever, right? And I'm like, I was their little league coach, you know, because because I shared something that it, it allowed them to feel comfortable to reach out and ask for that help, right? And so um, that for me is a big one is if I can just do that, I love that. I love helping people guide to where their happiness is gonna be. And, and so that's a big one. Um, I think growing... Quento, um, and the businesses that we work with to the next level, um, and, and gathering, um, more people to be on the boat and let's go win and let's go to war. Let's, let's help more businesses grow and, and, and do that. And, but honestly, it's 
just being happy every day, just waking up every day, doing the things I want to do with the people I want to do them with and enjoy um, the journey. I didn't ask to get here. I didn't even know this was possible. Uh, I'm humbled by it every day. That's awesome. I'm like, you know, fortunate. I know how fortunate I am. Well, trust me, my mom reminds me every day. <laughs> she's in Boston and she's about five foot three and could kick my ass. And she's like, you got, I mean, every day she's like, I can't believe the things you get to do every day. Like, it's just amazing. And so I never take any of it for granted and pinch myself often. And just also at the same time, like try to bring as many people to the dance as possible to, to do cool things too. And like anything, one of the, my favorite things we've gotten to do with Quento is bring businesses together that can help each other, right? In people, right? Like, just like, hey, this person with that person, like, oh, this person does this. Like one of our one of our partners is a C3 Risk and Insurance here in San Diego. Local company started in San Diego. They were two guys who just wanted to do it differently. They were just like, man, we're sick of just the BS of this industry. Like we want to do it our own way. And they just did it. And it's cool. And they were like challenged to make this business sexy, try to make insurance <laughs> sexy. And Done. It's, it's cool like to watch them do it and be part of that and then go, Hey man, you should meet our friends over here and you should meet cause you guys are great guys. And you, you know, if there's a no assholes policy in the clubhouse, that's the club. Like let's have some fun and let's do some cool things together. Congratulations, man. Uh, appreciate You're it. killing it on everything uh, you've done. It's I, it's awesome to get to know you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, but I never like to say I'm killing it. Like I, so many people like- You're gently murdering it. No. How about yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just doing it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And I'm, I, it, it, there's no, there's no, there's no finish line in this, this game, right? That's the awesome part about right? it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not, there's, you, we never win. Nope. You just had a, you had a good day. Yeah. Let's yeah. have another good day tomorrow. And like, shit, let's do another cool thing with that guy. Let's do like, let's just, let's, and, and there's no like, because killing it to me puts it on a pedestal. It tries to make it feel like it's better than someone else's day. No, that was just my day. That was, was your best day. That was my best day. And I hope you have your best day. My success or your success doesn't have to come at someone else's failure. It doesn't like we can all succeed. We can all do great things. Like the, the Rising tides rise all ships. Like when I worked in Boston, I know you're trying to rap. I'm this not, is, man. Okay, I, I can no, listen no. to you. I can listen to you all day. Yeah. This is real. And I know people hate Boston sports teams. Never heard of them. Yeah, right. But people forget my childhood. They were terrible, mm -hmm. right? Patriots were a joke, mm -hmm. right? Okay. So the Patriots win. Tom Brady, right? Heard of him. He does okay. Comes in, right? But the Drew Bledsoe wins. Then you got the Tom Brady years, right? Well, guess what that did? That forced the Red Sox to change the way they were going about their business. Rising tides. Wait, wait, wait. Now the Celtics. Now the like, Celtics. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, 2006, 2007. They're like, wait, wait. Garnett era. We got to yeah. compete. Yeah. Right? So I was there 2001, right? So 2001, I started in 2002. I started in radio. Oh, whatever it was. And I ran, my first week in sports talk radio was the, the snowball game, the uh, tuck roll. The tuck roll. Raiders first, Patriots. So Raiders Patriots, my first week uh, in sports. What a week to start. Right? Jesus <laughs> Nothing to talk about. Through, so multiple Super Bowls, multiple World Series, and an NBA championship. I wasn't in those front offices, but it made me aspire to want to be a part of something like that. I saw those front offices coming together around, rallying around something special. And it, it each of their successes, it didn't have to come at the detriment of the other. They could all sell out. They could all win championships. They could all do great things. And it's like, once everybody realizes that, that like my great day didn't have to come at 
either of you having a bad day, we could mm. all have a great day. And it's like, once you get to that point, you're like, okay, all right, now how do I help you have a great day? Because for me, that actually makes me have a better day. Yeah. Like I used to say all the time, and Caesar knows this, so like from my world of like social media, when I finally got comfortable with like the hate, right? I got very, <laughs> I said all the time was, I like everybody having a better day. Like I would come into work, Purposely every day when, before I open the car door to walk down the tunnel into my office every day, I would, whatever happened in the morning, kids are crazy yelling at me, take a deep breath and smile because I'm going to walk by somebody. And if I'm not smiling, why that? Like, wait, that dude has the most fun job in the world, right? Like, ah, if I'm not, I have no hope. Why? Why? Right? Like I used to, my, my analogy was always like, if the accountants walk by and see the marketing team not having fun, what gives them any hope? <laughs> yeah, right? Like they true. count numbers all day. Yeah, there's no hope for me here. <laughs> yeah. So like you have that energy that you're going to bring, right? And you're going to, you're going to, I want everybody to have a good day. And it was like, dude, if you telling me I suck at my job makes you have a better day, like that's cool too, right? Because you had a better day. I, it doesn't bother me that you said that. I still had a good day. We all had a good day. Like yeah. that's the win, you know? And like, hopefully one day we'll grab a beer and we'll move on. Like yeah. it's, you know, like I love that. I love sitting down, having a beer with someone, chatting. And like, I love a good debate. It's healthy. I think it's fun. Like I always enjoyed that. I realized that I couldn't do that from the seat I sat in before because you represented more than you. And yes. So like, I just stopped playing that game, but I do enjoy it. Like I came from the sports talk world where like a debate's what you do all day. And I came yeah. from Boston where like, you go to a bar just to debate your buddies all night. Like that's what you do. We talk shit. Like that's it. So we should start that. Go ahead. <laughs> right? Like, so for me, I think that, that, that is what it's all about. Just trying to make sure that we drive towards, um, you know, everybody having a great day and nobody has to be higher on that pedestal than anybody else. That's a, that's easier said than done. You, you know that, what I mean? <laughs> you did it for me a long time ago though, man. And like we got to know each other because uh, when I was working for Hess and we were yeah. selling beer into the stadium and we just happened to cross paths. But this guy went out of his way a few months later when my daughter was born to take her to her first game and get us on the field to meet the players. And from there, I was just like, this guy had no reason to do that. But he just reached out and he was genuine and he wanted to create a better experience. And like that shit stuck with me. And, you know, there's yeah. a reason we have remained friends to this day and just that back and forth and mutual respect. And like that to me is like that sign of how genuine you are about, I want people to have good days. Come I want to the dance, right? Like yeah. I had this opportunity. I had this hall pass that could create moments for people. And I remember sitting down with my team one point and like, look, when you, you own your own business, you're a problem solver full-time. That's what you do. You solve problems all day, every day. That's what we Fireman. do. Fireman. Let's, let's put out fires, right? In my team, if you assemble a great team, they should think the same way. They should be entrepreneurial. They should be, they should be problem solver. Taking ownership. So what happens is, is they start focusing on the negativity because that's a problem that needs to be solved. So at one point we sat down and I was like, okay, Everybody needs to just check the negative comments over here, the negative energy, all that stuff over here. And I want us to take all the energy that you spent in figuring out how you're going to reply to that one or answer that one and stop. And I want you to take all that energy and go find somebody who's having a day and make it better. Just find somebody. Go in the stadium, find somebody. Watch social media, see who's bringing, like, let's go create as many amazing moments for people as we can because we have the keys to the candy store. Creating yeah. lifetime fans with that moment right there. It wasn't even about that for me. It, and you are, no it, doubt. Yeah. But you are, you're just given that 
family, that person, that whoever, a moment. And the moments stack up, right? Mm -hmm. And a moment could be that moment on the field, right? Caesar had yeah. it. Or the moment could be in the stands years later, this year you go, right? And there's a walk-off home run and you hug your daughter. Yeah. Guess what? That's gonna be another moment. And then they're gonna win a World Series. You're gonna you're gonna be out there, you're gonna be at the parade, and that's gonna be another moment. And that is how you build lifetime fans. Moment on moment on moment on moment. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take the opportunity to create a few of those along the way, they're not gonna all happen organically. Right, like you can do your part, but especially when the team's not playing well, that's the chance to those those other moments may not happen. So you've got to create and make sure that you're doing everything you can to bring people as close to it as possible. Like there was one, I, I it just comes to mind. This little girl, she had this sign, and it was like something about Manny Machado. I just remember it like vividly, and I remember looking up, and it was in the game. So there's no chance. But uh, I saw them posted on social and it was like, I'm at the side, you know, so I, we reach out and we're like, hey, no chance today. Like it's in game, post game, there's no chance. Like it's just not the way it works. Well, let us know when you're coming back. We're going to make this happen. And she loved Manny Machado. Loved. And it was like that moment happened and it was just like sitting back watching it. I actually, the team executed the whole thing. I just got to watch it happen. And it was the coolest thing that must be awesome, ever, man. dude. Like think about when you were a little kid, that's what I just kept doing. Like yep. if I was a little kid, like the year before I worked in sports radio, I went to one Red Sox game. I had no money, zero money. I mean, dude, my buddy called me. We had free he had free tickets to the game. We went to the game. We sat in the second to last row of the bleachers at Fenway Park under the scoreboard. Right under, I remember it vividly. We were in the shade because we were under the scoreboard. And I was like, it was the greatest day. We had so much fun. Like we each had two beers. That's all we had. We had no money. And a year later, I'm working in radio and I'm in a suite on opening day. And I looked and I was like, I don't know what I got to do to keep this happening, but I want to be here, <laughs> not there. And uh, I remember going to a game and this guy showed up, this sales guy I talked about a little earlier and he showed up and he had his little kid and I was like, imagine being a little kid getting to experience this. For real. I'm, I'm a grown man and I, this is my first time in here. And that little five-year-old's like, you want what you want the next generation. And I'm like, man, I want my, like, what do I have to do to do that? Like, I got to start working, man. If like that stress, right. That self-imposed stress of like, I want to create that. And then you get there and you're like, all right, now I want to give it to every kid. <laughs> right now I want every, I want every, I want, not even just kids. I'm like, I want Caesar to have it. I want everybody to like, just come feel it, man. It's so cool and experience it. And you know, the Padres are, are awesome. They've got amazing guys on that roster and I just love them. They're just great. My time, the guys that I got to know there are just awesome. And they were great about doing it with, with the fans. And so, yeah, if you had the opportunity, no matter what it is, you get to do with the brewery, right? Like people come in, they have that, 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 that glimmer in their, that little shine in their eye. And they're like, wait, you're a brewer. Wait, you, you own the, wait. Yeah. Come on, man. Let me show you. Isn't that crazy though? I mean, it's bananas. People, you, you, we don't know how much of an impact we have on people's lives until you actually get there one-on-one -on -one with them. It's like, hey man, let me tell you real talk. You and your brewery have made my days better, yeah. made my experience with COVID these last two years more manageable. I just look forward. This is my outlet. I'm like, cool, man. We're just here trying to create an environment where you have fun. And if you, it doesn't matter what you do though. So I had this opportunity. You have your opportunity. Caesar, you have, but we all do. No matter what you do, no matter what you do in life, right? One of the things that really I love following what you guys do because I see you giving back and going to the next generation and saying like, 
dude, you can be whatever you want to be. You don't have to be in this box that I'm going to put you in. No, no, no. Imagine your own box. Yeah, what create your own like? box. What would that box be? And for me, that's what I'm passionate about is like helping anybody figure that out and go, all right, how do we get there? All right, now let's draw a roadmap. Like we're going to, mm -hmm. we're going to map this thing out and it's on you to do the work. Like I've also met with kids and I'm like, Hey, here are the things you got to get done. Call me when you get that done. That's awesome too. <laughs> I, there's nothing, there's no handouts in this house. Like here's the, here's the next five things I need you to do. Okay. Get it done. And then, you know, a parent will follow up with me like, Hey, you know, did, did, did Tommy reach out to you? Yeah. Where's that? Uh, I gave him a list. Get Where's your work, get your work. Cause this is not, you don't just, nothing's handed to you. Nobody handed it to you. No one handed it to you. Like I remember, I remember seeing Caesar. I would walk out for lunch and I'd see Caesar out there humping kegs, hustling, hustling out in the gas lamp district. Right. And I'd be like, like we would always stop and chat and yeah. I'm like, dude, Caesar's grinding right now. Like paying his dues early days. This yeah. is past early, early days, of, like his career. And I'm like, dude, that guy's a hustler. He's a hustler. Like he is giving it everything he's got every day. And he's like friendly and everybody wants to be around him. Like, I'm like, he's going to do great. Like you could just see it happening. I'm like that. And then when you guys started this, I'm like, now he's taking that. And you guys all have, but I only knew Caesar is like, and parlaying that into something even greater than your person. I think that's really powerful stuff. We make a living in this community. You know, we, we have our business in this community. So what, what's preventing us from giving back to the community, you know, and I have kids in this community. Yeah. I just thought, I want to empower them to do better themselves. You know, and it's, 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 again, that's one of those other things. It's easier said than done. But if I give you the tools to do it, it's on you. Let's go. And not only the tools, but you're, you've given them the roadmap. You did it right. Like different than uh, like, I don't know for me, like there, I didn't have a, a path to follow until I found Gary. Right. Like I was like, Oh, <laughs> that dude's crazy. Like I'm crazy. All right. Have you ever met him? I, I met him one time. This guy, look at that smile. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coolest. It was, somebody did it for me though. I met a guy. Um, I'll try to tell this story as carefully as I can. Uh oh. No, no, it was just, I don't wanna. So, someone came into a business and was gonna be in charge of the whole thing, like above and beyond, above all of us. And um, we, were, we were analyzing my work and going through it. And they had been at a competitor and they're like, oh, wait, I assume by the work product, you had a bigger team than this. I'm like, no, this is our team. Like, wow, that's impressive that you guys have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, like, where are you, like, what brands are you following? And da, 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 da. And I was like, actually, I don't follow any brands in the league. Like I, I follow this guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Like that's kind of, he solidified for me that my strategy was right. And I've just been going all in on this strategy. And he was like, oh, you know, he's one of my closest friends. And I was like, Ooh. no, he was like, yeah, we're going to get you to meet him one day. I'm like, okay. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And I got a call one day. I was like, Hey, we need you in New York tomorrow. Like, okay. Didn't know what it was for. I just go to New York and I show up in this meeting and I walk in and he walked in and it was one of the coolest meetings in my career I've ever been in. Um, he's awesome. He was, it gave me the confidence, honestly, to just be me. Um, and I didn't get to fully flex that for years, but I, I saw it in real life. I was in this room in New York and half the room was in amazing, beautiful suits, right? Men, women, just dressed, boom, New York, buttoned up. I was in like dress pants and like a button down shirt, no tie. There was like this sort of room set up, you know? And there was like the 
older crowd and the younger crowd and Gary kind of sat in the middle and we had a discussion. And at the end of the discussion, at 30 minutes or whatever it was on the nose, ding, he stood up. And like, if you or me, I don't know, I wouldn't speak for myself, but if I had the opportunity that he had in that moment to be in that room, I would have been there as long as they needed me to be in that room. A man just ding. And he was just like, hey guys, this has been real. I think you all know what to do. It's pretty clear Hell what the yeah. direction is. Wish you the best. Call me if you need anything else. And out the door, gone. And I was like, wow. That is, and he showed up, mind you, like this. Jeans, sneakers, button down, like just untucked shirt. It's just like, all right, let's do this real quick. Okay, let's talk about it. What do you got? Da, da, da. I think you guys know the answer. Okay. You got a lot of smart people in the room. Figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, it was so cool. He was so him. He didn't flinch for one second because at that point he had already validated himself. He was already confident in himself. And I started to tell you guys the story that when I came up, I worked for one guy for a long time and then they shifted me over to work uh, for this woman. She was incredible. I learned so much. She was half Cuban, half Mexican, like marketing executive. She taught me so much about brand and how to guide a brand. And then I came out to San Diego and then I worked for a different guy. And er everywhere along the line, it was like, well, Wayne's just good because he's Caesar's guy. Wayne's just good because he's this one. And I was like, maybe that's true. Like you start to think it about it. And then I had the opportunity to work directly um, for Ron Fowler as the owner of the team. And now I'm nobody's guy. Now I'm just a guy. The guy. Yeah, I'm just a guy. And he said to me at one point, he just said, I want you to do it your way. It's going to work or it's not going to work, right? Like it's either going to be your way is the right way or it's not like, we'll see real quick. And I'd rather you be successful because of you than trying to do it the way you think I want you to do it. So I put a DJ system in my office. <laughs> do it. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, you said do it my, my way. way. <laughs> when I need to create, I play music. I'd rather play it off of that than my phone. Like it just get me in this. He's like, all right, let's see. And uh, you know, it's been incredible because now doing what I'm doing now, I channel that sort of Gary thing of like, I walk into a room and I'm me. There's no apologies for me, I'm me. And I am proud of that. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of how I got here. There's no discrediting the journey. There's no like, oh, well, I mean, you're just a bartender who's now this, or you're just a DJ who's now this, or you're just the former CMO who's this. Like, no, I'm just me, man. I took my own path to get here. It was wacky and wild. And I wish everybody could have the roller coaster ride I had, but they can't because that was my path and you can have your own. And so I think for me, it was just like, I don't know, like Gary sort of, for me along the way has given me those sort of moments of like, yeah, dude, you can do it. You can do this. Just do it your way. And like you see what he's doing out there. You're like, good Lord, man. And when he goes all in on something, he goes all, all in. in, no all questions in. asked. Yeah. And he could fail. And he's like, it's okay to fail. He owns it. I'm going to fail. Guess what? We're going to, you're going to fuck up. My biggest fear is failure, but moving forward on things that I've learned in the past, it's like, you need to fail in order to get to that next level. You can't <laughs> fear failure. And like you said, you, if you fail, you fail your own way. Yeah. Like as long as it's not catastrophic, right? So I'll tell you one. We got for time. All right. We had, Give this man some more bucanitas. No, 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 no. <laughs> we had a major failure at one point. We had a major failure. Um, and we got a lot. It was bad. It was really ugly. And um, 
when I, even when I left the Padres, people always wanted to ask me about this specific failure and it sucked. It was really uh, unfortunate and it was, but what I love to talk about is, yeah, that sucked. It was the worst week of my life, worst week of my career. It was terrible. But on the backside of it, we worked to figure our way out. The partner who we were involved with, we worked on it together. We grown that relationship. And today, honestly, like an incredible friend and we, we both learned a ton from it and we were both going into it with an open heart to want to do it the right way. And that changes everything. And I think um, everybody wants to point to the moment of failure because that's fun and it's easy. But if you really want to win, you should look at the work that happens coming out of the failure to never let that happen again. True. And, and as a business owner, that's what it's all about. The failures are going to happen. And like, it's so cliche to be like, yeah, but it's, what do you do after? Like, but it's true. Like if you actually go into it and be like, all right, yeah, that was, that was bad. Now, how do we take that and learn? Because the world's changing, right? The world's evolving, right? It's, I mean, I'm a giant white dude, right? Like I was in Miami and San Diego, like grew up in Boston where everybody looked like me. Everybody, like it was not diverse by any means. And then you go to Miami, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to learn so much. And if, as long as you're open to- That's the thing. It's all on your mindset. Yeah, that's it's all it. how you approach a situation. Dude, what did we say? We were joking before we started. Wait, wait, you like food? I like food. <laughs> I enjoy food too. You like beer? <laughs> Oxygen? How, how are you with air? <laughs> right? Like, but if you're open to it, right? Like I had, uh, I had some friends over my house when I was in Miami. And uh, they used to, a bunch of like Cuban guys, we all worked together and they were like, they always joke with me like, oh, that's how the other side lives. Oh, that's how yeah. the other side yeah. lives. Like that's what they would say to me. Yeah. So I'm like, you guys got to come to the house, whatever. And they're like, oh, we're coming to the other side. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, we got to take our shoes off. Oh. All right. <laughs> no, no, they got me one better. They pulled up and I was like in the house and I hear like all this noise and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And they set up a giant domino set up in my driveway, music going the whole nine. They're like, the whole neighborhood needs to know we're here. They're we like, have arrived. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. Full DJ set up in the backyard. Like we threw a, like it was great. And it was just so funny. And they were like laughing and busting my chops and like, but that was it. Like we became like family. Like we were open to learning about each other and- You're a genuine dude, man. Well, just, just sitting down with you. I feel like you're a genuine, do you? Why not? Like what? I mean, dude, I think because if you, none of this was promised, you just enjoy the moment and appreciate the people you're with and just like, fuck man, let's do it. Like there's nothing wrong with it. And if, unfortunately, there's so many people who believe this was deserved. I deserve this. Nah, nobody deserves anything. Like you earn it and you go get it, but nobody owed it to you. So many people think they're owed something. You're not owed anything. You're owed, hopefully tomorrow you wake up breathing mm. and then you can go after it. Nobody owes you. They don't even owe you tomorrow. Could be over tonight, right? Like, so if you wake up tomorrow, you're like, all right, now let's win today. And then we'll do it again tomorrow. And like, yeah, we got a plan for the future. So my family, my kids, but like, I'm going to live for today. And that's all you can do because shit is not owed.
I'm gonna sign up for that uh, Wayne Portello Zoom coaching meeting. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know when that's coming out. I'm gonna send you that link. Yeah, I don't know if it's a part of the Patreon or something, bro. But I, I'm gonna sign up for that and just make sure it all goes down. It's a simple process. You just shoot me a note and tell me you need to get on a call. Like I'm- East Coast dudes and their notes, man. Notes. <laughs> shoot me a note. Do this. <laughs> shoot me a note. And awesome I- to meet you, brother. Yeah, thank you. Awesome How to long have you. Go. That was- Not long enough. Let's, let's get another whiskey and let, let, let's learn more about things. Hey, real talk. How much uh, data mining do uh, front offices do with like social media, like Twitter, like, like with the bring back the brown movement, like or data mining, like following people? Yeah. Or, um, yeah, I think you you pay attention to everything. Gotta have your finger on the pulse, right? Yeah. Why? I mean, again, back to nothing's owed. You got to be listening. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. No. It's about a collection. So you're looking for common threads. You're looking for consistencies. Like consi- and you're also looking for consistencies in outer in different rings. Cause there's there's a lot of group think too in social media. So what you want to do is like you got, all right, I know how this group thinks. All right. So then you kind of you're kind of looking for groups to start having common threads, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, but honestly for for like us, it was about real research like focus groups, uh, surveys, like going out and asking people questions, watching how they reacted. For the for the uniforms, we did uh, dial research. Have you ever seen that? No. That's sick. So you sit in a room and everybody's got a, a hand dial in front of them and it starts at 12 o'clock. And as you see the model walk in the room, you can move it left or right. Left is bad, right is good. And it goes all the way down to zero on the left and all the way over to a hundred on the right. And so as you're seeing it and then the model turns, right? So you're seeing different phases and, and sides of, and so yes, you know, and on the back end, it's spitting out males like this, females like that, 18, 24, 25, 50, like all these different numbers are moving in real time. That's crazy. What happens is, is that way there's not a dominant voice in the room. It's in real time. It's for real you, time stats. Yeah. For you. And then we talk, but at least in the moment you get to see it. So we did that. For, we did rounds of that on different things, colors, different stuff like that. So I think that's really powerful, but you're always listening, right? Like you're always, if you're doing your job right, you're listening and you're you're deciding whether it warrants a reply or just an adjustment in the way you do things. Sometimes when you're learning how to do it or you're learning the approach, you might make an adjustment on that or you might not. You might go, you know what? let's, let's hold, let's hold where we're at on that one. I think, I think we're in, I think we're okay on this. Let's see. And yeah. And then over the long term, you were either right or wrong, but you have to make those decisions in, in that moment and uh, be okay with making a mistake and be okay with the backlash that comes from that mistake and be okay. It's there. The it's number one thing there. you can do when you're in that job is show up to answer the question. Caesar, you've done it again. You've brought me a, a white dude that just blew it out of the water. <laughs> No, I don't think I've ever met a dude spit straight from Boston, you know, by way of Florida, coming here to San Diego, staying in San Diego. Notice that he didn't leave San Diego. He stayed in San Diego. We started Quinto so that we could stay What's in San up? Diego. Both of us. All right. Both burritos. And I, <laughs> I blame burritos. <laughs> <laughs> he lost 80 pounds. It wasn't the yeah. burritos. No more taco shops for you? <laughs> no, straight carne asada. What's up? Yeah, protein. So you do the protein. Mm, yeah, puro quiro. Yeah, give me that. Yeah. I saw I saw uh, it firsthand the other day, man. I, I, went, I went for uh, one dish and he went for the healthier option. Oh, and, and you do the shredded lettuce with Oof. all the pico de gallo on top, but like just pile it up and then just lose the lose the 
burrito wrap. Yeah. No, never do that. I never, know. <laughs> never, <laughs> never I still get to have it. I just have to pick my moments and, yeah. um, you know, have your cheat day. But for me, dedicated pizza, pizza is my cheat. <laughs> that's that's oh, the move. Yeah. Oh man, my wife and I like pizza night is we we work all week for pizza night. F- favorite pizza place in San Diego. Ooh. So I'm putting you on the spot. No, 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 no. I really do like Buena Fachetta. Ooh, I like okay. that thin, thin, thin crust, like being from the Northeast. That's like a Petco spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when it got into Petco, like that was a game changer for me. But when I did the weight loss, I was at Petco and, and I ate at a seaside market almost. That's every the same, um, Like just, just tri-tip sliced up with some, with some. Forget all that. Lettuce. Freshly squeezed orange juice, Wayne. I know. Oh, fuck around. That was my go-to. <laughs> all the dudes that I go to, oh, we're going to go get this. We're going to go get Miss me. I'm going to be at the seaside deli getting a fresh thing of orange juice. He's not kidding, man. This guy. Real talk. (laughs) We'll we'll go to a game. We'll have some fresh squeeze. This guy is addicted to that fresh squeeze. Wayne Portello. Yeah, man. Thank you, jefe. Thank you. This time for real. This time for real. Nah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's awesome to get to know you. And sure. oh man, you fucked up coming on here because now we're gonna we, we're gonna reach out to you now, man. Now, <laughs> now it's all over. Now I now I know how to get here. Let's do it, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Wayne Portella. <laughs>